welcome to cii podcasts uh, we are here today you know on a on a very interesting subject uh, something that cii has anchored over the past 15 years uh, right from the time india turned 60 a journey from india at 60 to india at 75 and i think as we celebrate what we have achieved uh, as an economy i think it's also time for us to think forward to see how we can you know strengthen the position where we are today in india and really envision what india would look like in 2047 as we move towards india at 100 and really this journey actually started when you know the guest we have here with us today uh, i would like to say kv kamath was the president of cii um, and you know i still remember uh, you know him saying at that point in time that it is the india of the young people uh, it is the india that is going to really you know of the people of different backgrounds coming together to unlock the true power of what a diverse country like ours has but also built on very strong fundamentals of our history and you know i think uh, you know kamath your inspiration at that point you know enabled people like me and many others to sustain our engagement around this initiative and here we are today as we celebrate our amrit mahotsav and you know our prime minister in a in a recent discussion also with cii encouraged us uh, to really envision what india would look like in the next 25 years uh, to capture different aspirations as well as experience of what it will take for us to build that india and you know today uh, we have with us uh, you know not only the past president of cii but of course a person who needs no introduction uh, not only in an indian context but in a global context uh, the man who really built icici to the institution you know that it is today uh, having been there for a first stint then having moved to southeast asia and then rejoined and spent you know over 20 20 years uh, to build it to the institution that it is um chief kavi kamat has also served as the chairman of infosys uh, he has been the first president of the new development bank set up by brics currently chairman of the national bank for financing infrastructure and development padma bhushan of course somebody who i think uh, has achieved so much over these over these years that we are really privileged you know kamat dear to have you here with us today and pick your brains uh, on how do we really you know uh, take india from a 3 trillion uh, to a 40 trillion dollar economy uh, over the next 25 years and you know i just want to uh, kick start this uh, conversation by reminding you of uh, a conversation that we had you may not remember but i often quote uh, you know you uh, we were talking of how do we engage large number of farmers in india to really think about what india can be and you know when i proposed the number of 1 million to you you had said why don't we add a zero to that right i think i think the ability for you to see size and scale very differently uh, is really what you know also is the encouragement for the topic today you know how do we really add a zero uh, and plus you know to a 3 trillion dollar economy of course we've seen great progress you know the last uh, trillion dollar but added in 5 years the one prior to that took 12 years and the first trillion of course took you know uh, over five decades so if we were to really turbocharge and accelerate the growth of india from where we are 
uh, it's a very ambitious target. Uh, but if you were to, to to see India moving at this size and scale, what in your view is is the strategy, the roadmap, and how can we see this happen? Thank you, Rajan. I think uh, I warmly remember uh, going back uh, 15 years. Uh, I was 16 and I'm 75, so I have traversed those uh, 15 years doing various things. But coming to uh, the subject matter, I think the goal is achievable. I will uh, put it in context in a moment. Uh, the context is whenever you set a goal, uh, what is uh, the environment? What are the ground conditions? What are the, the boundary conditions? All these need to be looked at. And if you look at India, there is such a lot to be done. Uh, you know, what's called Amrit Kal to me is what, what needs to be done and what needs to be done over the 25 year horizon. So it gives you ample opportunity to grow in double digits. Now, whether we'll grow in double digits above that or we'll just fall short, we, we will see. But if you did not have the growth opportunity, you would have fallen short. So growth opportunity just in uh, one minute. Everywhere you look around you, uh, there is an opportunity. You need to build infrastructure, whether it's road, whether it's high-speed rail, bullet trains, so on. Ports, airports, telecommunication, we are on par with the best in the world. Urban rejuvenation itself is a big, big, uh, our cities need to be rebuilt. Transportation needs to be uh, provided. Uh, water supply, sewage needs to be improved. So I see opportunity all around. Uh, second layer, you then have the housing opportunity to house uh, 1.4 billion uh, people plus, uh, most of whom have uh, a board, uh, I would say, which uh, they dream of. So where we uh, we have that opportunity. We can go down and uh, peel this opportunity onion as it were, and we see things to do over uh, the Amritkal that uh, we have. I think it is the collective effort to drive this uh, at the municipal level, at the state level, national level, public sector, private sector, which will help us get this. So just to give this nuance, I would think given some challenges that we faced in the early, in the, in the, in our early efforts to roll out infrastructure by the private sector, for a variety of reasons, we won't delve into that. Just now, the government is, uh, you know, I would say the chief uh, driver of infrastructure in the country. And it will probably be for a, a few years till uh, we build the confidence that uh, the private sector can go ahead and do this at speed, scale, and not get stuck. Uh, I would think uh, then uh, government is required to drive infrastructure. But almost everything else, uh, the private sector has to do, has been doing, and will do. And the opportunity is there. So uh, to me, the, the pie is so huge that achieving this target that we are setting uh, 40 billion in uh, the next 25 years is a, is a doable, a very much doable. I will just add one more uh, layer to this and then you know, go on to uh, your next uh, point. That is, this is looking at conventional growth drivers. All that I talked about are conventional growth drivers, which you know, we need to do. There's another layer which has come up in the last two, three years, just two, three years in India, which is the digital layer. And uh, we have not yet factored in the digital opportunity into the overall economic growth opportunity. If I look at uh, near numbers, let's take China, for example, 30 to 35 percent of the economy is digital today. In India, probably it is less than 5 percent, I don't know, 3, 4, 5 percent. Now, even if we were to go to 25 percent of the overall pie, and we are going to grow at 8, 9 percent in all the other areas that we're talking about, Digital will take you well over 10%. So to me, uh, aspiring for a 10% growth is what the nation needs to do. Opportunity is there. I think funding will happen. Funding will happen through a variety of, uh, A, 
your internal generation as uh, you grow uh, the surplus is thrown up will provide support there will be uh, appropriate uh, inflows as necessary from uh, the globe because this is a, going to be a very attractive destination i would believe primarily it will be by equity it could be by debt but i would think the cash generation in this country itself will drive this growth so i don't see a challenge in opportunity i don't see a challenge in uh, people their entrepreneurial drive and the will to uh, drive things i don't see an opportunity in funding so i am an optimist and i believe uh, the target that we are talking of is indeed achievable i said your your optimism uh, is is so infectious you know and i think uh, you you very well articulated both the opportunity the different layers and also the funding but you know uh, you rightly said that you know the infrastructure plays where government is 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 deeply involved everything else you know industry is kind of taking a lead and and building upon but how does you know really government and industry work together to unlock this vision of course we'll have to take many other stakeholders along i think there are new emerging you know technologies that you know like what you rightly said will need to be taken into effect when we are looking at uh, issues of you know maybe climate change and others you know so there are many uh, other aspects that you know come into this entire growth piece but particularly government and industry working together how have you seen that work in india how have you seen it work in other parts of the world where do you uh, see that where see what i have noticed rajin is that wherever there are say take infrastructure for example there again are several uh, touch points where the government is the key uh, i would say more one land uh, things to do around the environment environmental clearances forest then you move on to certain industries uh, uh, mineral and other rights it could be uh, uh, digital uh, rights it could be mineral rights anything that is government in the government's domain i think some of these i think it's better that the government does it because still we go through the learning curve that uh, you know the allocation of these or the auctioning of these or uh, whatever is the methodology to make sure that the private sector is involved is properly set and we have enough lessons from the, the last decade as it were or the early part of the last decade to see what could go wrong and if we avoid those i think then the government and uh, the private sector uh, you know private sector can take the ball and run if we put it that way with the government playing a supportive role but till that is done i think the government's approach and uh, doing it through the government window is absolutely appropriate but if you see areas where they believe that uh, the private sector is confident to go and run with the ball they let you go for example telecommunication in india it is entirely private sector or other predominantly private sector not so in other comparator uh, countries where it is still predominantly public sector airports now slowly getting to be predominantly a uh, private sector ports private sector so i think slowly the mix is changing and uh, this uh, i think uh, in a way is good because uh, we will then have a tested uh, model as it were in which uh, the private sector can step in and take the ball uh, forward you know i think what you are saying is has actually never happened in the history of mankind right never as a country of 1.4 billion people democratically elected you know uh, government and industry working together to bring such a huge shift of transformation so obviously there will be innovation and learning you know as we go along but you know as we look at this size and scale of this opportunity right and i know you rightly mentioned that the funding etc is available 
but i think you know banking and finance sector in india will have to play a very large role also to see how we can make this process very inclusive right because we can't see anyone left behind so how do you see that particular sector because that's where you've had such a rich experience you know if you look 25 years how do you envision uh, the banking and finance sector in india it's a very interesting question rajesh again if i look at comparators who you know it, it is in the 60s it was uh, the tiger economies then uh, in the 70s it became southeast asia and then uh, more recently you had the china example we have got the example from uh, the developing world and uh, one thing that you notice uh, very clearly is uh, as economic growth goes near double digits uh, the financial sector and it's not just banking the entire financial sector grows at maybe one and a half x to 1.75 x so if we are aspiring for 10% growth this sector will grow at between 15 and 17 and a half percent that itself provides uh, the momentum for growth now here is the interesting point that you inclusive growth now i'll give a small example you know we at icsa in 2005 2006 dreamt that we will bank the unbanked which meant we will take banking to the masses we had made initial attempts in uh, terms of uh, laying out technology which got embraced in the urban areas but when you went into rural india and try to roll it out connectivity connectivity was just not there so honestly speaking and we have we, we will admit it and we admitted it that time we had to roll back or bank the unbanked uh, you know proposition because we did not have that ability to aspire and conquer that horizon of growth we called it a horizon of growth but come 2014 see what happened in the space of 6 months uh, under you know prime minister modi ji we could bank the unbanked so the number of accounts that are open jandan account much more than what was basically meant that every indian had a bank account which meant that one technology had fallen in place and mindset had fallen in place alignment of uh, to do as it were and it happened i think that technology development has kept a pace so today whether it is any for any financial product from your savings in a bank account to a mutual fund to wherever to insurance uh, and transaction of course the digital economy that we talked about the digital transaction economy everything is possible anywhere in the country and in, in doing that we have indeed uh, opened up new paradigms and sure we will talk about that so to me uh, reaching the mass reaching the unbanked reaching the poor i think certainly is possible through the what has opened up in uh, the tech technology finance i would say combine as it were or continuum as it were so it becomes that much easier so what we need to do then is try to see where is it that finance is needed is finance affordable and can you structure it in, structure it in a way that you can lend it easily and recover it easily i think that's what is happening i will just just touch upon in that even pushing this on all further are the new digitech finance companies in india because they have no baggage uh, their their proposition is nimble agile the technology they've come out with is nimble and agile and they are able to uh, reach out to their customer audience today you have much better i would say information on the customer because of uh, sibil and other scoring that is there as to the customer's behavior and i think uh, globally we are seeing the rise of what i call non not necessary financial information uh, to uh, you know look at uh, the credit uh, worthiness of a customer given all this i think this is uh, playing into an opportunity for uh, the financial services industry to serve the poorest of the poor through properly structuring it the key here is of course keeping interest rates low 
and of course that inflation has to be low here again very interestingly if you see the last two years three years during covid the policies adopted by the central government and the reserve bank of india in encouraging a system to keep liquidity and keeping interest rates low as compared to other domains because you know, we typically would have a big push to inflation of say 5% you should get your interest rate to 7% and so on and so forth but this time around despite the world running a high inflation and trying to change its own uh, approach by keeping interest rates low we kept interest rates stable or low we have in way beaten inflation and uh, we have kept our uh, growth going so i think the indian model in how to manage uh, in this sort of a situation is probably going to be a textbook textbook case as we go along but i'm thinking of ourselves uh, this boards good for us keep interest rates low let technology pervade and let it then you know, bring up the mass uh, through whatever assistance they need in the financial uh, you know i think you talked about the indian model right and the indianness going out to the world is is so applicable in so many areas right but of course what you talked about this continue model about around covid but even the point around technology and finance and the people behind it right i think what india has been able to create or indians have been able to create using technology and finance globally i think is is something that has gone into the sweat and blood of many of the large tech companies as well but as we look at india you know making this transformative switch both within the country right with upi and what you rightly said the jandhan yojana the you know the mudra yojana and so many others even covid right the way we handled you know all of that is there a way for india to really lead the world you know with governments and nations on 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 transformation at the country level you know how do we see countries and therefore the world transform can india really position itself somewhere there over the next 25 years and how do you see that happen You know, I, I think again a very very relevant point and I think absolutely doable and will happen. Not only doable, it will happen. I'll tell you why. Uh, you take any country in the West, uh, and I won't name countries. Um, large parts of Europe, for sure, even further uh, west. Uh, if you look at uh, a simple payment uh, like a UPI transaction in India, doesn't exist. Uh, and uh, again, QR code combined doesn't exist. So I have people uh, coming in from US, family who. Uh, Who are amazed at what is available here and uh, love to deal with uh, our technology to buy things and uh, stuff in India. Uh, so the question is, uh, where can we take this? I think we need to take this first to uh, countries which uh, are at uh, emerging status. The entire African uh, continent to me appears a great opportunity. Then to those countries in Europe which are uh, behind, and then indeed to uh, the more developed uh, countries. This doesn't exist anywhere. even if they were to develop it the cost that they will uh, spend in doing it is going to be i would say uh, several x times uh, indian cost because when i had an opportunity now look at this in more detail in the last uh, last one one and a half years the cost at which this architecture is built is a fraction of what it will take uh, the global uh, global leaders to do this if i were to take a shot we have built it at one tenth of the cost it would have taken in the west and uh, if you talk to any of the digi digitech or the, the fintech startups it is all freeware it is all open source it is all their own people no you know big name as in involved in this the perfectly working a uh, model has been uh, rolled out uh, in a very quick time so to me it's something to be very proud of now comes what you said we need to productize this and productize this and take it abroad 
but that itself also will add something else to another layer to i think the india let's say brand is it where for example today for a long period of time all settlement takes place on one platform not for any other reason but that was the only platform available for banks globally now upi can easily become a platform for like minded people to trade and settle and other things that are done by reserve bank including the central bank digital currency all come together so you have a currency which can be settled very easily you have the settlement mechanism which could be done so it could be on a bipartite basis or a multi bipartite basis uh, depending on where you want but we then stand on our own feet in our ability to settle with our uh, trading partners and business partners and we will use all all global uh, settlement systems also simultaneously so productize it stand on your own feet and have the ability to uh, a transact on a wider base is what is happening you all of them plus upi plus rupee you know a whole lot of things can be taken at very low cost and ported to other countries uh, and you know then i think uh, brand india as a technology provider will truly stand out and sectorally also you see this happening right across say healthcare you see that happening across agriculture you see it, you know because today you use the word tech after the word or digital before it makes complete sense right so india can take this to the world yeah. 100% it can be used in every single thing you mentioned uh, covid and uh, that app that app uh, that app to me is a stellar app i think we have not given credit uh, for that app uh, the extent that we should give that app because it dealt with the one and a half billion people it was real time and i have seen very few failures there you know there would have been uh, you know multiple 100000 customers uh, or citizens getting onto that at simultaneously you always got your otp you could always log in there wasn't except in the first one week or so after that it was absolutely stable and i don't think there is any other example that we can put anywhere in the world in such a quick time such a mass application became stable and provided a service of a great order so to me i think there are several such stacks and i am not going into it you know there are people who have delayed uh, you know i would say an organization and uh, made it into an sas type of opportunity i saw somebody hospitals you know all supplies to hospitals completely delayed and uh, outsourced uh, at maybe 1/5th or 1/10th the cost that the hospital would have spent on uh, you know doing it uh, and running it themselves so every single thing to me is a product and uh, i think in the next two years we'll see momentum in that uh, product uh, at this point in time everybody is concentrating on domestic but global will happen you know you've always been a strong uh, supporter and a pioneer when it comes to you know new technology innovation even like right the atm concept right and banks so many other things that you know you took up right and you continue to to believe in the power of technology to transform you know not only countries but people's lives right? I, and i know you've done that what what gives you that uh, what when believe really come into you and and how is that moved over these say last few decades i know it's a little personal question but you know i just love to know, know that right because you're so optimistic you know will, the future of india you based on that i remember the conversation we had in the past i will answer that in a very short thing because that otherwise too many decades the first time i was exposed to a machine was in 1980 when uh, i was uh, setting up ics as leading de- department and i needed technology for uh, doing a few things and uh, those days you know pre 
you know your your own uh, it's a tabletop machine uh, that you had a single piece and we used it uh, and that's the first time i found that you don't need an it department you can do things yourself there's something called supercalc which is uh, you know today you could call it uh, your excel and there was something called word perfect which is your world and you had a database management system with these three my my colleagues uh, you know none of whom were uh, techies couple of chartered accountants myself we could make the machine dance so then you you believe that you could harness the energy of the machine yourself rather than go through a tech department and that's what we did in 96 97 in ICA 7 we rolled out then theory of constraints we had to roll out atm technology because icsa bank had some 200 or 300 branches and we were given uh, 15 new branches a year initially and uh, you know the largest competitor had 10000 branches so how do you get there 50 branches a year 10000 branches you said you will roll out atms 1000 atms in one year then internet banking then call centers back offices and so on so combination of constraints uh, opportunity that is arising ability to take a leap forward and proceed now i won't talk more of it i'm talking now of the youngsters of today i'm seeing them do the same thing and the incumbents i think have to learn from these uh, new course they call the new course uh, in the entire digital field whichever uh, finance healthcare uh, manufacturing whichever these guys are now taking a leap out they are keeping their eyes and ears open they are the first assimilators of new technology they are not scared of working at the boundary at the margin and they're making it happen they're making it happen so i hope that it becomes a lesson for the incumbents they quickly uh, in a way rearrange uh, their own mind as it were because this is going to be otherwise a very interesting competitive landscape and i would think that uh, as of today the new course the digitex startups have the upper hand so incumbents need to be uh, come up to speed tackle it but it's all for the good no i don't think they'll have a choice you know over the last decade kamal we've been building new age businesses you know around gen z's and gen alpha right those who are even like 14 15 years old today they are so digitally native right i mean they, they there is no way that they're going to be anywhere else at least as of today the way we see them and we build businesses you know in gaming and you know wellness and livelihoods and new ways of engaging it's crazy the way their behavior is has moved and shaped so i think incumbents and others you know if they want to get the future consumers or you know when you talk of in india 2047 you know the 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 consumption base at that time i i don't know where technologies will take us you know in this period but definitely having a, a an adaptish adaptability to change use technology and make it integral you know to the process is going to be you know uh, so so important and i know while we've talked about all the positive and you know all the all the you know opportunities that exist i think another way to look at you know the crisis or the i would say the the global challenges that we face today right both the uncertainty you know the supply chains getting divided the geopolitical situation of course the impact of covid i don't even know whether we're still through with that and so many other factors you know that are playing out today in these uncertain times i think over history we've seen india's resilience of course come back come up but you know sometimes it's taken longer than we've expected for certain changes due to a lot of geopolitical you know uncertainties but how we how do you see us building that resilience you know over these next 25 years what do you think it will take what is it that we should definitely be doing as a country and as citizens of the country if we want to make sure india is able to 
you know not only overcome these challenges but actually you know use this as an opportunity for us to emerge i think very good that question rajan and uh, if you, if we had uh, this discussion and you asked me this question say, three years back i would have said this is a challenge and i do not know how it will play out we need to work on it but uh, you know i have had a mindset change post covid because in the first 6 months of covid when we were all locked out i could see everybody's mind got reset and i mean you know at that point of time whenever i was speaking in a virtual mode i used this phrase minds got reset in the blink of an eye and uh, i think it taught me a lesson that uh, don't underestimate resilience i'll give you one ex- two example one in our own uh, building the apartment complex i am in uh, within the first two days because shops were shut the women got together and set up supply chains within 7 8 days it became supply chain from the field virtually from somewhere you know wherever uh, some agriculture produce fresh produce is grown into your home initially payment was at the gate when the supply came but within 10 days it became to uh, some sort of digital within 2 weeks the supplier had set up a, a, you know an app and uh, was expecting payment on the app and within like say a few days after that it became like upi payment and uh, online payment so you had prepared your stuff it came in there was you know hands off delivery uh, left on uh, this at uh, the gate and uh, you went up went down and fetched it at the right time and i'm sure this has happened throughout i'm just using as an example of how things are but the key here was not only the the supplier who was probably in the remote area but when i look at the, the i call them the leaders in this at the apartment level the women the older women who did not and never in their life had used to say an excel sheet basically saying how do i operate an excel sheet what is the google uh, what is google sheet learning and then uh, in a way doing good with it in the sense that uh, whatever was needed to get on with it was uh, gotten done in the blink of an eye like if this can happen at that level to people who are older and you know people 60s late 60s their mind got reset youngsters are you know they have grown up in this field whether it is in the abject you know rural area most backward as we call it rural area in terms of technology and the development not having reached or in the most uh, developed part of any city i think technology is a leveler everybody has same access to technology and they know how to fiddle with technology play with technology put it to good use so today it is become a leveler second advantage that is there is the cost of technology acquiring the hardware and the software the data cost you know, going down to the level we have has made it equal again becomes a big provider of resilience to us the third is uh, i said there were two parts one was uh, i said people mindset so the people mindset i again i am thinking aloud i would like to use this phrase demographic had a particular meaning earlier young people i say that demographic definitions were shredded apart by the first one month of covid when older people became as agile as nimble as younger people so you now have a demographic which stretches from people who are toddlers or youngsters who are toddlers to old people who are probably probably walking around with a stick stick uh, everybody in agile and nimble enough you the second one is from industry this is a very interesting example uh, uh, probably you were there in the council meeting where i shared this i talked to gopal srinivas in uh, maybe october or so of uh, 2020 that gopal uh, you know his production back to normal in chennai then yeah yeah you know, most around 95 to 100% i said i will people come back 
There's no mistake, Ahmad, only 75% have come back. I said, then how are you? How is industry reaching 9500? Oh, some process change, some digital, that. So, basically, between new technology, process change, and so on, in my term, you had gained probably 20 25% production, productivity gain. And you could then see that sort of productivity gain translating into their PL in uh, the next few uh, quarters. So, clearly, mindset got reset there also. So, you have got a reset in mind at the shop floor level what to do. You have a reset in mind of the gen- general janta, as it were. So, what is required is probably a reset of uh, incumbent uh, players in terms of their ability to use technology and harvest technology. Otherwise, I think the resilience is there. I'm not worried about it. You know, and you saw in these times, you know, also a lot of new models emerge, right? Especially with digital proliferation, we saw blockchain, cryptocurrencies, we've seen the deepening of that. And then, of course, you know, also the crisis that that followed, you know, so I think we will face these kind of challenges as new technology gets adopted, you know, and and and, and newer ways of, of operating keeps coming up. But but tell me just quickly before we move to some of the, you know, other other topics that are there since our time has really run fast and you know we have 10 minutes uh, on this specific area of you know how the financial markets you know will get uh, kind of not disrupted but uh, you know the impact of crypto and, and some of these things would you have any thoughts around some of these uh, yeah. tech challenges that would come up over the future see uh, again uh, if we look at uh, the newer products you know crypto was touted as a newer product but any product without an underlying, in financial jargon, we call it underlying. Something that you know denotes underlying value uh, will uh, you know fail, and that's what again the governor of the Reserve Bank was always saying it. This saying that this is this has no underlying value. And some of us also said uh, saying this is no underlying value. And now I think globally it is accepted that it has no underlying value. So I think these fads won't happen. But what will prevail? Uh, what will prevail indeed is central bank digital currency will prevail. Uh, online uh, you know, settling and uh, online transacting will prevail uh, and with or without blockchain because uh, again blockchain was you built uh, you said a crypto on blockchain that is why and then you switched it an application and then you tried to confuse uh, matters by saying blockchain is crypto crypto is blockchain so i think robust platforms will be built with or without uh, blockchain so i'm not going to go into that but the financial system will innovate in terms of transactions, settlement, and so on and so forth, in uh, you know using technology in an agile and active manner, I'll just give a data input. Uh, you know, we built ICICI technology. Uh, the premise that Moore's law is alive and kicking. That is, the price performance ratio will improve at a square every year, and of course, costs will drop. A few years back, uh, I was talking to Vishal Sikka, formerly of Infosys, and I asked him about AI. He said, AI. Uh, the price performance ratio is doubling every three and a half years or three and a half months not every two years three and a half months so you can Im- imagine what was happening in the year and this is about three years back recently i was talking to him and he said now the price performance ratio of software software not hardware software is doubling every uh, year so you have a whole, whole lot of things that are converging in terms of your ability to bring costs down for common good I think we are able, we are going to ride that. India is going to ride that. I just want to touch on this. If you see, we have benefited from riding uh, a whole lot of technologies when costs have already disrupted down. Take for example, uh, 
solar energy from almost 20 rupees per unit uh, we are down to two and a half rupees per unit and our massive expansion is happening at two and a half rupees per unit uh, effective cost uh, telecom uh, i won't go on so we are again able to harvest these benefits as we go along and that's going to be uh, to our uh, good yeah and i think i think you know it's what you rightly said is the is the young people right who are who are not only using this technology but also going to kind of create this right and position india you know in in, in that position as we go ahead you know to the world and you know the demography while you talked of the demography being extended from a digital usage etc we still remain you know amongst the youngest countries in the world right i think our young people you know one in 10 people in the world is an indian under the age of 25 even today so over the next 25 years this is going to be the productive workforce not only for india for the world you know what's your message to the young people of this country Yeah, the young people to me in the last three years they were demonstrated what they could do. You know, we are talking about the entire digital uh, universe, which will account for at least twenty, I believe, twenty-five percent of uh, the economy. And uh, I am convinced that they are the ones who will drive this. They are the ones who will drive the service economy of this country. And of course, uh, what they have done and the discoveries that they have done and the knowledge and thought that they have brought to the table will then permeate into incumbents and uh, what I call. Uh, older industries but they if they drive 25% of the economy for the next 5 years we are home in terms of uh, uh, what uh, we want to achieve uh, india at uh, 100 40 billion economy because that is the piece that they push in place the rest of it 6 7 8 percent growth all our traditional businesses will uh, push and uh, get it there but the missing link to me was this and uh, seeing what uh, has been achieved in the last 3 uh, 4 years they are the people 21 22 years even today i tell incumbents uh, and that you want technology transformation in your company tell me how many below 25 year old people are around the ceo if you are going to tell me that your incumbent structure is going to do it no so you empower a group of four five not more than that young people around you and see what will happen because they see a different thing through a different lens and you ought to see through their lens and then you will learn Now I think that's such a such a powerful and important you know message for for everyone to take back. But you know the, the young people, right? To enable them to to perform to their best potential, right? I mean, you know, we what you rightly said, we've got the numbers, we have them there. You know, what should they be doing? You know, I know acquiring skills is something. Is there any specific? Message or a routine or something that you've seen because you you know you've been one of the biggest believers in the power of the youth. I mean, I cannot identify anybody but someone like you uh, in all these years that I've met. What what tell young people? You know how do you see do their best? All all that young people have to do is keep their ears and eyes open, and they are doing it. You have to just go on uh, Google and search uh, uh, who is uh, who has been the fastest growing uh, YouTube uh, blogger uh-huh. who created. on a daily basis the 21 year old kid who is probably just about high school he has a, he has probably the highest number of subscribers and highest number of daily views his daily views are around 6 million he is making 500 dollars per million which is good for him now he's uh, and 6 million you can multiply and uh, 365 days is not now he comes from a village if you see the village that he came from where there is no sewage there is no water supply uh, in place And from there, he has a single telephone, uh, a single phone. Uh, he started uh, device. He started uh, blogging and see where he has reached. 
this becomes inspiration to uh, you know his uh, he's got what now one and a half crores of followers he's one and a half crore followers and uh, this from forms what i call a very positive ecosystem and only goes to prove that technology is today pervasive and uh, whatever technology now he blogs start right i'm talking of we are talking of corporate the same mindset has to be brought here and uh, you know could be done uh, we need to look at what is out there and see how do we want to be a part of it Yeah, the youth spirit of go get it and make it happen. I think very, very, you know, very, very important. You know, as we come to the last few minutes, you know, Kamada must. I have to, you know, uh, take you back to that journey of, you know, India at seventy-five, where you know, CK Prahlad, yourself, you know, we really came together as a group and and envisioned, you know, where India would be in twenty twenty-two. And we really here, you know, we are we just completed, you know, our Amrit Mahotsav, and we are. Enter 23, and this next phase. You know, I still remember you mentioning that all these marathons have to be run in 100 meter sprints. Uh, you know, 25 years is a long time. You know, how do we measure ourselves every few years? How do we really put processes in place? And I'm sure you know the underlying optimism that you have talked of will be achieved. But if you were to, you know, I would say dream. Of of the India of 2025, right? Like you go to bed and you wake up in that India of 2025, right? What what do you see, right? How 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 do you dream? What's your vision? How do you really envision that 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 India of 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 uh, uh, 2047? And also underlying that is your youthful aspiration for them. Yeah, I think uh, the first thing that I would uh, think we need to make sure happens is that. Aspiration of what we used to term as the bottom of the pyramid; those aspirations have have been met, and at the simplest, they could uh, mean that they have an abode, they have water supply, they have uh, other means of, and they have livelihood. This would be the minimum layer that we need to ensure. So, whatever we have to do has to be done, keeping that in mind. Which again is a, to me a growth opportunity because if you address the village. And build, uh, you know, infrastructure and uh, the basics in the village, including homes and things like that. Or encourage them to build homes and give them the livelihood. To, I think you are halfway to success because that's a large market for us and that's a large yeah, opportunity. And then, you know, you layer each uh, part of uh, the economy and overlay what you have seen somewhere else, achievable and achieved. So then we cut from the village to the urban. I would like to see every urban. Clearly, climate-wise uh, has got climate under control. Transportation-wise has got transportation under control, and has become a hub of economic activity. Which means that, uh, and around you, you see uh, all the things that uh, you would love to see. You've seen elsewhere, but are not there uh, today. Uh, whether it is cleanliness, whether it is uh, greenery, and uh, so on and so forth. So I would think that there are you know, measurable benchmarks we can set ourselves uh, against. And aim for whether it is urban or whether whether it is rural, and make sure that happens. I think wealth itself, I don't think, is going to be the key differentiator. It is basically meeting aspirations and creating a livelihood where you believe that what you would have liked to have, you have got. I think we are in a very unique point in history. You know where I think India is going to see this shift and jump and. You know, it's it's only a matter of time that we can you know embark on this journey and and actually see that change happen 
you know, together. It's been such an energizing 45 minutes. We have taken so much of your time. Always, as usual, you know, exciting, optimistic, you know, about about the future of India. And I'm sure what we have discussed today, you know, will be different aspects of what we have spoken will be used uh, in many, many, you know, areas, whether it's in the private sector and the government sector and many others uh, to see how we can position India where it needs to be in 2047. So again, Kamal, thank you so much for being here, sparing your time and, and you know, guiding and helping us navigate this, this maze of where India can reach in 2047. Thank you. Thank you, Rajan. And thank you. All good wishes to all of us. Bye-bye. Thank you for listening to CII Podcasts.